Welcome to Rise and Shine. I am your host, Walkiria Whitlock, and I apologize that this episode is late. If you follow my Instagram, I kind of explained it. I was just having so many technical problems, and actually, I recorded it three times, and I was just like, okay, well, I'm done. (laughs) I'm going to do it tomorrow with some freshness. I also was busy. We're moving this week and I'm helping to plan my grandpa's 80th birthday party. So that's kind of fun. It's just good to bring the family back together because COVID really, I'm sure it affected you and your family, obviously. And we hadn't seen each other until really October of 2021 and we got together again in February and we'll be getting together again in July so I'm happy to spend more time together but I've been been busy you know so I am here today with you I'm so excited that you're here and listening and we are going to practice box breathing I felt really inspired by this particular breathing style just because I was moving this week so The whole point of box breathing is to help you relax and find balance and clarity. Um, I did some research and and a Navy SEAL actually said that box breathing specifically is what helped him to graduate as the honor man, the top person of his class, and he still uses it today because it really does help you to get clarity of focus. And it's a really simple technique. Why is it called box breathing? Because each part of your breath is equal, like a box. And I would think that you would have four parts of it, but it's just a three part and I guess you could call it pyramid breathing, (laughs) right? If it's all completely equal. So you're going to inhale, usually for a count of four, then you'll hold for a count of four, and then you'll exhale for a count of four. So that's all. That's what it is. If you're new to practicing breathing, you should set aside time in your day, you know, 30 seconds is good, truly, Um, five minutes is a great goal, you could go deep into meditation, take 30 minutes and, you know, it'll probably change your life if you do something like that, so we're just going to start right now with some box breathing, come to a nice comfortable seated position, you may do this lying down, Just be at a place of rest and give yourself that opportunity to relax. Relax your shoulders. Relax the space between your eyebrows. And inhale through your nose. Two, three, four. Hold. Two, three, four. Exhale two, three, four, inhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, exhale, 
two, three, four. Inhale, two, three, four. Hold, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four. Last time. Inhale, two, three, four. Hold, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four. Good job. Uh, thanks for joining me in that. You know, just taking a little bit of time to reset makes the biggest difference. Like, think about our computers, right? You can have your computer just going totally bonkers. And all you have to do is hold that power button for a few moments and your system reboots. And our bodies are far more complex, far superior to that of a computer system. So imagine the benefits that we don't understand simply for giving a moment to pause and reset. So I will be reading a poem. It's called Dream. Dream. Dream because you can. It will color your life, adding hope, wonder, and purpose. It will comfort your soul, giving it direction, aim, and focus. But don't just dream. Do. Because you can, you can turn your dreams into reality. You owe it to the world to make something beautiful come to life. Do it for others to show them what hard work and dedication can achieve, to inspire, to relate. Anything is possible. The world is a law of pure potentiality. And you better believe it. Believe because you can. It's true. <sighs> We're actually going to be talking about dreaming and vision, uh, which is kind of funny. And I know that everything happens for a reason because all of the episodes that I made yesterday had nothing to do I even read a different poem um nothing to do with any of this and actually when I was coming home from the gym uh it's gonna make me cry <laughs> but there was this lady who was blind and she was kind of struggling to go down the street like she kept veering off to the left of the sidewalk um and using the her stick to you know fill out her surroundings and i i just sometimes i don't know if i'm crossing any lines or anything but i find it difficult to watch somebody struggling um, and I know that like sometimes struggling is part of the process, but um, 
I went up to her and I was like, hey, just so you know, you're kind of veering off to the left. The You're filling a potted plant right now. But if you go a little bit more to your right, you're going to be more on the sidewalk. And then I continued to walk away and she said, thank you. I think she was really, I yeah, I don't know how someone who has different blessings might feel when they're in a situation like that you know whether you're like how can people just like watch me (laughs) you know I just need a little bit of help here or um if you're really just trying so hard to make the most of what you've been dull and in a lot of ways we all are uh we all have different strengths different weaknesses and we're all trying to make the most out of what it is we've been given and that inspired me to talk a little bit about vision and dreaming And I almost feel like this whole conversation is a bit of a a deja vu. I'm like, have I already spoken about this before? Um, Because the whole thought came after I saw this lady that I should speak something to that, you know. My boyfriend, he also struggles with dreaming you know he hasn't had uh I think he had one dream this year and of course they say everybody dreams but you just can't remember it but what he usually has is nightmares and one of the things that happened to him when he was younger is he had meningitis um which is basically this disease this inflammation of the fluid around your brain and it has impacted him but I always believe that there is possibility for things to get better and so I've really been trying to think like how do you help someone to have good dreams and my first point was like okay like make sure that you're focusing on the positive and like before bed pray you know talk about the things that you're grateful for and talk about um, the positive things and speak about the things that are on your heart and give those thoughts to God you know what I mean I thought like that's uh, something that could help someone to dream and what is another thing you know if you have a, a nice surrounding that should help I'm you know we're getting new bed sheets and stuff and that has nothing to do with dreaming because we already have good bed sheets it's just we have a, a bigger bed at the place that we are moving to which I'm really excited about and or we're getting a bigger bed but if you are someone who struggles with dreaming that could be another thing like make your bedroom area kind of a sanctuary so you have nice smells you're just trying to get or nice sounds nice feelings you're trying to 
get your brain in the right focus. I know that what you eat and your medications, they can also impact your dream cycle (laughs) quite heavily. So maybe those are some things that you could change or play with. We're all kind of experimenting to see what it is that works best for us. And yeah, but dreams, vision, it's all so important. I was really fortunate to be given great vision in both a literal sense and a a sense in creation, right? If I want to do a project, I have a very clear vision of what I want done and how I want it done typically, which can make it's a, a strength and a weakness because sometimes I can be quite difficult to work with depending on how close we are. Like the closer we are, the more I'm like, yep, this is how it's going to be. And if we're not as close, I'm more likely to be easier to work with because I'm like more sensitive, I guess. And the person that I'm closer with, I'm like, here, you know the goal, you understand how I am. And so let's, let's do this. Let's get it done. I've obviously grown and learned a lot from experiences. And I think that I'm much better at bringing a vision to life without being so (laughs) demanding. But um, yeah, so I've been gifted with vision. And it's been an incredible thing because vision helps me to feel inspired. It helps me to feel motivated. Vision helps me dream and other things that can possibly help you like articulate or specify your vision is getting inspired by other people's visions and other people's dreams. You know, um, working on yachts was super incredible because you got to see these people who are really at a a great space in their life. They've really worked hard and created this beautiful life for themselves. And that is what has given me inspiration and vision for my future, right? I'm like, okay, I love their focus on family. And you would be surprised at how many owners of boats, not charter guests, charter guests and owners are two different breeds, um, how much they focus on values and family. Um, Of course, they're having a good time. That's the point. (laughs) But that really inspired me. And I actually came into yachting as a bit of a, a hippie and 
with a very negative perspective on who yacht owners were and what yachting was and actually being involved in it was amazing it completely changed my perspective and has validated my belief as well you know (laughs) yeah I'm just that's where my, my my head is and so you can get ideas for your own dreams and for your own visions from the world around you that's kind of what it's here for and in so many like business coach training um informationals they'll they'll say you don't have to be original like the thing is you don't have to try to be original you are going to be original no matter what it is inherent it is in your nature we all have a finger that looks the same but if you look at the print it's all completely different right so you can look at what another person has done to lead them to where they're at and you can pull inspiration from them you can try copying right like I feel as though copying is you know a good start in some regards it might not be what you want to do but if you start there then you can understand the process of what it took to create that and then that allows you to become more innovative and more creative and know what elements are foundational to what you're making and what elements you can choose to pick from and that to me is really exciting because I I do feel like I've been gifted with vision and I've always felt that if you have a gift you're supposed to share it and how do you (laughs) teach people something like that you know gosh how do you teach someone to dream or to come up with a vision for their life it's just I always thought it was just so natural you know and maybe for It's more natural for some people than others, depending on what kind of environment you were brought up in, um, what kind of limiting beliefs you might have. And when I saw the lady on the street, um, I thought, wow, I wonder if this is a a new experience for her or if she's not having a a very good day or, you know, just like what was going on there, like if she had ever seen before. And if you had someone who hadn't ever seen before, then you really have to describe things differently and I thought about you know if I were to describe a a flower to someone who couldn't see you couldn't really talk about the round edges of the petal um, because it's I mean I guess roundness you can feel like you can 
have them touch a table perhaps like a round table have them feel the edge of it and help them to understand roundness in that way and so you can be like the edges in an edge you have to explain by touch right you're perhaps getting more um in touch with your other senses simply because you're becoming more <laughs> um gosh you're just learning to see the world differently when i was in la i auditioned for this part to play a a blind woman who totally inspires this man because she can draw incredibly <laughs> but can't see and i think there's people that are like that and that's just so amazing to me i what kind of imagination they must have and um that kind of transcends that thought that you would have to see before you could imagine shapes because also I'm just thinking right now when I close my eyes a lot of the times I will have different shapes and patterns that come through my vision and they're usually moving it's a very dynamic experience and I don't know much about it I'm not sure if those patterns that I see are taken from inspiration, from things that I've seen before, or if perhaps it's taken from, um, you know, just being connected to a higher power. And it's just part of the art of nature, <laughs> like intrinsically designed but. Um, anyway, so if you had someone and you were trying to explain to them what something might look like, you're really using your other senses and I think I'd probably go more towards a scent, um, and a feeling because that's really getting the essence of what you're describing almost more beautifully than what it looks like itself. I have an orchid right in front of me and I'm just like, oh, you're so pretty. And I'm actually feeling the texture of the flower as I'm wondering how I might de describe it to somebody who can't see or maybe has never seen it all. But it's the smell. It's the feeling of softness and there's a bit of crispness to it you can feel the life in the petals and you can feel the gentle beauty uh, it's <laughs> so if you were and I haven't mastered teaching someone how to dream it's a uh, what I'm working on with Andy right now <laughs> the little experiment of how I even bought this um herb 
that's totally legal. It's called Yukon. It's from the Georgia area, smoked by Native Americans. And they say that it's like dream enhancing. And we haven't, so we haven't smoked it um, like too much to where we've seen these kind of vision states. I've been a little bit nervous too. <laughs> But I guess if it's legal, then I could probably just smoke a regular amount of it. But yeah, um, so I've tried trying like substances, trying like imagination and meditation practices. Um, sometimes there is just something in your brain that um, is a little bit different and you might have to work a little bit harder to regain those type of connections and I really do believe that it's possible but I think it takes a lot of consistent um, dedication so yeah dreaming vision it's so so important um, I hope that whatever you're doing whatever you're working on you're able to, you know, bring about um, a vision first and don't underestimate the value of determination and vision because if you have those two things, you can really create and do anything. So we're going to move on to the next part of the show and we're going to talk about heightened senses and this is completely um <laughs> this is just completely on the whim right now I just felt like it really fits so how super are super senses super senses are just simply the heightened sensitivity of any of our five basic senses of taste, touch, smell, sight, and hearing. Um, in the real world, <laughs> uh, da, 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 sorry guys, super tasting. Okay, through virtually absent from superhero lore, heightened taste sensitivity is one of the most common real-life super senses, affecting one in four Americans. That is, I feel like I am one of those people. I actually am very particular on the taste of my water and... I'm actually struggling because I have three plain yogurts in the fridge, but they're three different brands and I cannot eat two of them because of the taste of the dairy. And right here in this article, it says, these people termed super tasters are fine-tuned to detect the slightest differences in flavor, even noticing subtleties and creaminess between similar dairy products. I feel like that's really easy. So maybe that is why 25% 25, 25 of Americans are super tasters. And that is simply because your tongue has more taste buds. So you might also have a genetic mutation in these receptors that alter your taste sensitivity and preference. 
<laughs> we won't get into the the real details. It tells you that the gene TAS2R38 is likely responsible. If you remember that, you have a superpower too. Uh, super touch is another amazing one. So this requires sensory cells in the skin to detect external signals like temperature, texture, pressure, and vibration for processing. So, uh, you know, the reality for people with enhanced touch is that they might have tactile hypersensitivity. So, here, the sensory cells and receptors function correctly, but the brain interprets these non-threatening sig signals as painful or bothersome. Oh, so you got like a super superhero power that like makes you find ordinary life a more challenging. Hmm. But you could definitely focus on how incredible silk is feels if this is you or linen that's what I got my sheets as so if you do have that type of hypersensitivity remember that every strength has a weakness and every weakness has a strength go towards those nice feelings and really indulge because you are one of few people who can then we have super sight. So I actually have really good eyesight. I don't think it's human. Okay. This I'm probably not one of these super sight people. My sight just means that at 20 feet, I can see what most people see at 15 feet. So it's like slightly better but not what they're talking about which is humans detect color across different wavelengths of light with specialized receptors and almost all human have three types of these receptors that together can distinguish approximately one million but an incredibly rare mutation grants some people a fourth type of cone receptor and the ability to distinguish around 100 times more colors than average. Wow. One tetrachroma, an artist named Concetta Antico, describes her vision as a mosaic of colors. Wow. That is really beautiful and fitting that she's an artist. But where most see a green leaf, she sees hues of red, orange, and purple. She even sees colors in seemingly gray shadows. Huh. That is very amazing. So then there's super smell. And this one, I am happy that I don't have. Because some things I just don't want to smell. So the average human has a, a miraculous sense of smell. We can detect over 1 trillion different odors using 400 types of receptors, but super smellers, which make up less than 10% of the population, are able to identify one aromatic chemical amongst thousands in a glass of wine. 
Oh, wow. And they can even detect Parkinson's disease before it's clinically diagnosable. Huh. They don't really know the cause of super smelling. It's not very well defined. It's hyperosmia, which it can arrive from a different medical condition like Lyme disease, Lyme disease, migraines, and hormone deficiencies. So pregnancy actually also helps trigger that. Um, but they're still not sure if those occurrences are strong enough to represent true hyper hyperosmia. Hmm. Very amazing. They also say that super smellers have larger brains or sorry, larger brain areas dedicated to smell integration and processing. So very fascinating. And then we have super hearing. But this is also something that can be apparently debilitating. It makes a standard a standard sound frequency and volume more painful. Um, some animals have this, like echolocation. That's a, an example of a, a heightened super hearing. So for people, they can also have a little bit of echolocation. So sighted in... Uh, well, some people with visual impairments trained to explore their environment similarly to echolocation. So these human echolocators make clicking noises that bounce off certain objects and return with information about their distance, size, and shape based on the volume and frequency of the returned sound. Though the eyes aren't involved, brain scans show that visual processing areas are active during human echolocation. Well, huh. oh, but this ability is only trainable for those who lost their vision early in life, as sensory systems for sighted people develop to see the world visually. Okay. Even with echolocation training, sighted individuals cannot distinguish the original click from the echoes that bounce back. Hmm. But yeah, that does go to the point that um, they say that if you are impaired on one sense, that it really does help to magnify your other senses and that is a beautiful thing to take from any sort of you know disability is that now you have more time and more energy and more focus to you know focus on seeing or sorry or hearing or one of your other senses and kind of make a whole new world for yourself right um now we're going to end the conversation um i will talk about what i'm grateful for in hopes that you're doing the same right now today when i went to the grocery store <laughs> I've just had some really blessed encounters and 
my Apple Pay was not working. I, I couldn't figure it out. I just used it at Whole Foods and was grabbing stuff at Walgreens and it was just not working, not working, switched registers. And then this guy came up behind me who, his name's Tom, and he was in a wheelchair and he had a dog named Sam. He's like, I'll pay for it. And I I wanted to, well, I, I almost started crying and I'm just so grateful for people like that that help you, like just remind you um, of how great people are, you know, that was so generous, they paid for my, my Walgreens stuff, and it was so nice, and yeah, so thankful for people paying kindness forward, I am thankful for kindness, uh, thankful for people to see people as people no matter what different circumstances we have I'm thankful for you listeners thankful for my family and friends and my partner and I'm very thankful for my health and this life and for this technology to work I think that this episode is much better than ever before so maybe it all happened for a reason and I wouldn't have these stories either so it did all happen for a reason well thank you I hope that you are all committed to rising and shining and we'll see you next week